Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Yesterday, I went and helped one of our board members, Gary Lauer, move some cattle. And uh, I went out there, and, and I don't know how she does it, but, like, I go out early in the morning to catch Fiona, and I walk around the new shop that we got built, and she is seriously like this. It's like she can hear me come out the front door. And she's like... And so anyway, I, you know, I, I, I go in there and uh, I, I get the bridle and I go out there and she kind of acts like she's going to run from me. And this is seriously her. She trots down there and then sometimes she can be so lazy. She's like, just catch me. So I walk up there and I catch her and I go over there and I park her in front of the, front of the little saddle shed and I open the door. I brush her off for a second. She's standing there like this put the brush up. I get the saddle blanket. I have saddled this mare about 5,000 times. And I throw the saddle blanket on her and she's like, "Ah, ah, ah." I'm like, what are you doing? Like nearly breaks my bridle rein because she stepped on it and she's, "Ah." so I get her and I bring her back up there. Whoa. I get the saddle. I throw the saddle on her. She's like, "Ah, I just, I just acted a fool. So anyway, I sent her up and everything. And I had to get onto her pretty hard uh, one time. So anyway, we get the trailer hooked up. I load her up. And we get over there, get the Gary's, unload her, pull her up a little bit tighter, cinch her up. Gary's right there. We say a little prayer before we head off. And me and Megan and Gary and Phil and Heidi, we start walking off. And Gary is right beside me. We walk about four steps and Fiona just freaks out. I mean, just rams into Gary's horse. Boom, we bounce off of her and she's just like, "Ah." I'm like, what are you doing? So I kind of, I'm sorry, Gary. So I kind of get her collected up and she kind of calms down. And then we're just walking and you would have thought that I had spurred her right lung out. She runs left again. And so I'm checking stuff. I'm like, What's the matter with you? Cool, brisk morning with the breeze blowing. So we get out there and we start trotting to the backside of this little pasture right there where, right underneath the water tower. We're trotting along. She's throwing her head. She's just being pissy. That's all it is. So, yeah, exactly. I didn't say that. She said that. I didn't. So anyway, we get to the top, we come back down and we're trying to push the cattle through. And anyway, they, they start to try to run off cause they're feeling good. So I got to kind of whoop and spur and get in front of this. And so we take off and I, I don't, there, there needs to be a word for this. It's like you cowboys will know what I mean. They're not bucking, but they're really not necessarily crow hopping. It's like they're jumping little bushes. It's like, eh-eh, eh-eh, eh-eh. And she's throwing her head the whole time. Have you ever seen those videos of little kids that are just bawling their eyes out? And you're like, and the caption says, they're crying because their shadow is hurting them. 
that's kind of the equivalent of what this mayor was doing. Her shadow was hurting her. Well, after about the fourth or fifth time of her acting like this, well, how do I put this politely? Uh, we had a come to Jesus meeting. And so cattle are running off and uh, we're spinning circles and uh, legs are flying from her and me. And it is a knockdown drag out and she cannot decide whether she wants to stop acting like an idiot or buck me off. And it was very touch and go there for a long time, but I was going to win. I was going to win. And finally, after that, she was like, and she acted fine. The rest of the time, she acted fine. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, I was actually preparing a whole nother sermon. And I, I was actually studying for a different sermon that I was going to do today. And I came across this and I was telling my buddy George this morning that it, it was really like this verse just stood out to me. It was like it was in bold, nearly. And that, that's usually God's way of saying, hey, you had a good idea, but it stunk. So let's, let's go a different direction. So I started reading this and man, I, I just, I, I fell in love with it. Not that I hadn't read it before, but first Peter chapter two, verse 20 says, of course you get no credit for being patient. If you're beaten for doing wrong. Now, what, what is he talking about here about being beaten for doing wrong? Well, this part is about enduring patiently while you suffer righteously. Like when Paul was in prison or, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to be thrown in the fire for doing exactly what God said. That, that's what this whole section is talking about. But, but Paul writes, or, or Peter writes, of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. L let me put this in a little bit easier to understand words. If you suffer because you did something wrong, don't think that God is going to credit it for you enduring suffering. And, and, and listen, you know, th this is going to sound horrible, but I, I talk to a lot of people, probably more people on the internet than I do people here, but I, I hear of people, they, they're, they're suffering. And nine times out of 10, they're suffering because of something stupid that they did. And they're like, I just don't know why God is putting me through this. I'm like, you didn't put you through it. You stuck your finger in the light socket, you numb skull. You can't say that God is punishing you for sticking your finger in the light socket when he said, don't stick your finger in the light socket. It, 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 you don't, you don't, <laughs> you're not suffering righteously because you're suffering because of sin, because sin always has consequences. 99 out of 100 times, that consequence doesn't happen immediately. It happens later. Sin always has an immediate gratification, but later on it's regret. And, I mean, the, the list is endless. And most of the time when people suffer, they suffer because of something that they've done wrong. Well, guess what? If you're suffering for something that you did wrong, God's not going to pat you on the back for it. He's going to say, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But then Peter says, but if you suffer for doing good and endure it, patiently. God is pleased with you. Very seldom do I get up here and talk about other people. And uh, unless it's Gary or Ty or Robert, 
I don't ever make fun of anybody else. But, but they make fun of me, so it, it, it's all good and well. But very seldom do I get up here and talk about other people. But I'm going to talk about somebody today that I have not said this, but he'll hear it because he's here. And I am so, so proud of him. The other day, there was an awards banquet in Elizabeth for audio-video technology. Elizabeth High School has their own TV station. It's called Easy TV. And the end-of-year awards banquet was Friday night. My son, Griffin, was nominated for several awards. He also drives to Parker and works at a restaurant over there cooking. So because he was nominated for these awards, he was supposed to work on Friday night. But he switched with somebody so that he could attend, and it was a formal affair. I mean, we're talking about red carpet, swanky type thing. Me and my wife had plans to go. We were all looking forward to it. Griffin switches with another kid so that he can go. And so Griffin wasn't supposed to work on uh, Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember the day. He switched and he worked that kid's shift. And then at the last minute, the manager said no and made Griffin come into work. Even though he had already switched and done what he said he would do so that he could go to his awards banquet. You know what Griffin said? Nothing. You know what he did? He went to work and he did a good job. Not one time did I hear that kid complain. Not one time did I hear him blame somebody else or anything. And as much as I wanted to go to that video award and see him dressed up, swanked up, I was so much more proud that he did what was right and he suffered for it. He did exactly what he said he would do. He did everything right. And even when it went wrong, he still did the right thing. That's what it means when Peter says in the second part of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, but if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. Are you suffering? Have you done the right thing and it still didn't work out? I think we've all been there at some point or some time. As the, as the old proverb goes, not a proverb out of the Bible, but the old proverb, no good deed goes unpunished, right? We, we've all been there. We've done the right thing and it just didn't work out. And actually, it, it, it probably worked out worse by doing the right thing or we felt worse. But is there a biblical code of conduct for suffering? Because if you're not suffering now, I know you've suffered in the past for doing the, the right thing. And if, and if that hasn't happened before and it's not happening now, if you dedicate your life to following God and doing the right thing, guess what? You are going to suffer for it. It's going to happen. I don't want you to think that just because you follow God that all your problems will go away. Actually, your problems will probably increase. But there's a code of conduct in the Bible for suffering. Number one. I'm going to read you four, five, five codes of conduct for suffering. Number one, if you are suffering, you do not get a hall pass for complaining, okay? If you do the right thing and everything goes to crap, that does not give you a hall pass to start griping, moaning, and complaining and talking crap about everybody and woe, poor is me, 
No, you do not get a hall pass. Just because you're suffering for doing the right thing doesn't mean you get to do the wrong thing now and somehow the spiritual scales of heaven somehow equal out. You don't get a hall pass. It doesn't give you the right to just go and do whatever you want to now because somehow in this cosmic sort of events that somehow you have been singled out and shunned. You don't get a hall pass. I didn't say these codes of conduct would be easy. They'll be right. You do not get a hall pass. Galatians 6, 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. It says, man, just because you do the right thing and you're suffering for it, you don't get a hall pass to all of a sudden, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. You want to know how many times I have belly ached and cried and, and threatened to quit Save the Cowboy? Only four times this morning. Only four times. It seems like no matter what I do, man, three people will say, oh, you did a great job. And five people will be like, well, that's not how I would have done it. Why don't you do it like this? I, it, it happens all the time. But you don't, get, you don't stop doing good just because somebody acts like an idiot. You know? Let's not get tired of doing what is right. Just because something bad happened and, and, and it didn't work out the way you wanted, and maybe you are suffering for it. It doesn't give you a hall pass to stop doing what is right. The second code of conduct for suffering is you don't get to complain to others about it. Okay, this is something that I have started applying to my life. And last night it made me smile because I was this close. And you know what I'm talking about, you married folks. You know, we, we, we know it's not right to gossip and, and talk bad about other people to other people, but that includes your spouse. And I was this close to going off on a little rant about something last night. And I remembered after studying for this, that just because I did what is right and it didn't work out, and met, yes, maybe I am suffering for it, that doesn't give me a right to complain to others. If you've got a complaint, you take it to God. If you want to complain, complain to God. He's the only one that understands. How many times have we said that in our complaints? Well, nobody understands. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because nobody lives inside of your head. Nobody has experienced all that you've experienced. And yeah, life is not fair. But you complaining to somebody else, they're not going to understand. If you really want to truly go complain to somebody, bow your head and take it to God. Because you know what? He understands. You ain't never been nailed to no cross for doing the right thing. Shoot, he was perfect. And they nailed him to a cross. They spit on him. Shoved a crown of thorns on his head. Put up a mocking sign above his head. You want to go to somebody with a complaint? Go to him. And I promise you, if you look at your complaint in light of that, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I... Maybe him cutting me off on the way to Parker wasn't that big of a deal, right? If you've got a complaint, take it to God. Don't take it to your wife. Don't take it to your husband. Don't take it to your best friend. Don't... Did you know what so-and-so said? Uh Uh-uh. There is a code of conduct for suffering. Number one, you don't get a hall pass for not doing good things anymore. 
You don't get to give up. And number two, you don't get to complain to others about it. God's the only one that understands. He's the only one that can make you feel better. And he's the only one that can do something about it if there's an injustice. He said, vengeance is mine. In James chapter 5, verse 9, James says, Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. And make it your code of conduct not to complain anymore to other people. If you have a complaint, you take it to God. And only God. The third one. Code of conduct for suffering. Pray for those who are making you suffer. That is one of the hardest things to do. And probably, honestly, I, I don't really count myself as a person with a lot of enemies. And, and, I, and I'm talking about truly ministries. There, there was one guy when we very first started that popped off to some people that went to save the cowboy. And he said, you know what? I could solve every one of my problems by putting it in a bullet in Kevin Weatherby's head. That's an enemy, folks. That is an enemy. And at the height of all of that, man, I wanted to feel sorry for myself. I wanted to quit Save the Cowboy. I wanted to move back to Texas. I wanted to complain to everybody else. But you know what I did instead? I prayed for him. And you know the hardest prayer, one of the hardest prayers I've ever prayed, prayed was that one, when I asked God to bless him to bless him financially, to bless him spiritually, to bless him emotionally, to rise him up above a level that I am. And I prayed all of it because I knew that that's what God would want me to do. In Proverbs chapter 25, starting in verse 21, it says, if your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they are thirsty, give them water to drink. You will heap burning coals upon their heads. And the Lord will reward you. So maybe I was heaping a few coals on his head. I mean, but that was, I don't heap it. That's what God said, not me. And I truly did pray for that. I prayed that that guy would be blessed. And you know who was instead? Me. Because that bitterness didn't take root. I was allowed to see him as God sees him. As one of his kids that was just lost and hurt. It wasn't about me. It's about his pain, not me. Code of conduct for suffering. You don't get a hall pass for quitting just because it gets a little bit rough. <laughs> you, you, you can't quit. You don't get to complain to others about it. You do get to pray for those that are hurting you. And the fourth, you remember that you are not alone. See, suffering tends to make us sort ourselves out. And when we suffer, we think that we're the only ones going through something like that. You know, a, a lot of times, um, whenever I'm out checking yearlings or, or something with Robert, you know, we'll be riding along and all of them will be right here. And there'll be one standing way over there. And that's the first one Robert will say, let's go take on that one over there. Because they tend to herd up. And if one of them is sick, it'll distance itself from everybody else. Now, that doesn't mean just because it is. You know, it, 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 may be, uh, it may be an introvert, you know? It might be an introvert like some of y'all. But a lot of times when something is suffering or sick, it will separate itself from the others. And we do the same thing. When you're suffering, 
You, you, you tend to withdraw from your friends. When, when you're suffering, you, you tend to push people away. Maybe it's with your attitude. Maybe it's with, with your biting words. Or maybe it's just with your sour attitude. But in a lot of ways, we do that because we feel alone. We feel like we're, nobody else is, is, is going through what we're going through. But that's not true. Look, I know I'm not the only one suffering. I know you are too. I know each and every one of you is going through something that maybe nobody else knows about. And hopefully, it's not because you've done something wrong. It's probably because you've done something right. Because doing the right thing often leads to suffering. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, Peter says, Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You're not alone. That's why we need this community of believers. That's why we need each other. We don't have to spill the details or, or, or quit doing good things or, or complain. Man, if we see somebody that separated themselves and, and, and they're off all by themselves, man, go over there and give them a leg up. Man, you know, dust them off. Maybe even give them a... If it's me, you probably need to kick me in the Wrangler pockets. We need to be there for each other. But you're not alone. Not a single one of y'all is alone in here. And if you feel alone, it's because you're separating yourself. Because I'm telling you right now, you can come to me. I may not be able to fix anything, but I can encourage you. I can tell you to get back in there, cowboy. And didn't God himself say that I will never leave you nor forsake you? You're not alone. And the last one. The last code of conduct is the best and hardest. If you're suffering, the fifth code of conduct for suffering is this. You have to get ready for a blessing. Sounds tough. Maybe it sounds good. Like, hey, I'm always ready for a blessing. Well, hang on just a second. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Let me break that down real quick for you. When I say get ready for a blessing, it means that suffering makes us stronger, develops endurance. When we suffer and abide by the code of conduct, by not giving up, by not complaining, by uh, praying for those that are making us suffer, and by remembering that we're not alone, when we suffer, it makes us stronger. And when we're stronger, it develops our character or our integrity. We become the bigger man. And strength of character teaches us hope. And hope does not lead to disappointment. Hope does not lead to disappointment. And here we have reached the crux of suffering. Disappointment. Suffering will either lead you to bitterness and disappointment and anger and unforgiveness and blame and shame. Suffering is going to take you there or it's going to make you into the man or woman that you cannot become on your own. And it's done that through Romans 5, 3 through 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they can 
help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That is hope. This is not heaven. This is not heaven. Quit thinking it is. This is our training ground for the perfect life that awaits each and every one of those who do not give up, that takes their suffering and abides by a code of conduct that does not let themselves get a hall pass to quit doing good things, that, that doesn't go complain to everybody and, and, and play these pity parties, a poor pitiful me, everybody feel sorry for me, and pray for those that are making us suffer and remembering that we're not alone, and then we get ready for the blessing. Are you suffering? If you are, abide by that code of conduct and get ready for a blessing. And one more thing. I'd like to say congratulations to my son Griffin for winning the MVP award of the Easy TV. Congratulations, son. For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we are out of excuses for not doing the right thing each and every time. Yes, we've understood all along that writing for you could produce suffering and would produce suffering, but now we know how to handle it. Thank you for giving us a code of conduct for suffering. It gives us the strength, fortitude, and tenacity to wait for you for just one hour like you asked your friends to do when you were suffering to the point of sweating blood. God, give us that strength. Give us that tenacity and the fortitude to suffer the right way and to grow from it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.